0: Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Wednesday, April 25th, 2018. Back here today with a recap of SmackDown Live from last night, where, you know, just like Monday Night Raw the previous night, they're having a balance this week with trying to build toward the Saudi Arabia show on Friday, the Greatest Royal Rumble And as well, building toward Backlash coming up in nine days. You gotta give each show its proper prep time, its proper respect, because you have all three major championships on the line from SmackDown Live, as well as you have guys entering that 50 man Royal Rumble match, but you also have matches being signed for Backlash. So it's been a delicate balance here. Of how they're building Toward two big shows Coming up within a nine day span Now last night opened up With the return to Smackdown Live Of The Miz The Miz did not show up last week On the Superstar Shake-Up Because he wanted his own moment Of making his reemergence On Smackdown Live Without the other uh, superstars That were coming from Monday Night Raw So he can Came out, kicked off the show with uh, Miz TV, beginning by vowing to regain the Intercontinental Championship at uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble when he faces Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe in a Fatal 4-Way ladder match. But then talked about the the other... uh, Reason that he's on SmackDown, probably the main reason he is, and that's because Daniel Bryan requested that Paige and Shane McMahon bring him to SmackDown so it Daniel, in his words, could uh punch him in the face. So, uh, Miz starts talking about trying to play up uh, what he was doing in his last couple weeks on Raw after the birth of his uh, daughter Monroe Skye, saying that, oh, he's a changed man, being a father has changed his perspective, hoping they could put, uh, they would be able to put their uh, problems behind him, and was trying to welcome him out to uh, SmackDown as his guest on Ms. TV. Only... For Daniel to never show up, they, they left you waiting there for about a minute or two before finally Big Cass emerged instead. And you no, know, he he came out all in, in full suited. At first, it seemed like there was gonna be tension uh, uh, simmering uh, between uh, Big Cass and uh, Daniel Bryan. And the and as well as uh big Cass and the Miz, it, and it it turned to, from Cass having problems, uh, with the, the Miz to them realizing they both have the same issue, and that's the problems they have with Daniel Bryan. Cass, well, w- talked about the reason why he attacked Daniel Bryan last week because, uh he tore his ACL seven eight months ago. And no one gave him any of the attention. But oh, the same day that he was cleared to uh, return, uh, Daniel Bryan was cleared for the first time in two years, and he he felt annoyed that uh, the focus was all on someone that was uh, much smaller than himself. So that. They're going to play this out as, you know, the big man uh, looking down on the little man. The big guy uh, in big cast, uh, jealous and envious toward uh, the uh, all the attention that Daniel Bryan gets. And, yet, you know, we later find out that big Cass had attacked Daniel Bryan backstage. Which, that's why Bryan had never made it out to the ring. A little while later, late in the show, Daniel Bryan comes out of the trainer's room and reveals that he is going to face Big Cass at Backlash in his first uh, singles match on pay-per-view in over three years and probably what looks like Big Cass's first match back. Uh, I if, if I had to guess... Probably they'll have him enter the Royal Rumble, but uh, other than that, keep him out of singles action until that match. And you know, that that's a great spot for both of them to come back with. A, I like the fact that they're pushing off the whole rivalry or potential first match between Miz and Daniel Bryan. I said last week, I'll say it again, make us wait for it. Build it up to be as big as possible. But with uh, big Cass, you come, you have him come back in a meaningful rivalry because they were building him toward being one of their top big men, one of their top heels before he got injured. Now he comes back, he, he's got all this anger uh, built up toward Daniel Bryan, this jealousy, and uh, it will bring a lot of heat on him right away, uh, going up against probably the most popular wrestler on either roster. We saw the SmackDown Live debut of the Iconics as a tag team last night, going up against Asuka and Becky Lynch, and no... Once again, that they've gone back to the way things were in NXT where the uh, iconics are all about admiring themselves and mocking their opponents before uh, their matches, taking uh, time before the match to mock both Becky Lynch and Asuka, and having those moments during their matches where uh, they're... In fear of their life uh, until they uh, pull some kind of cheap shot, as they did uh, toward uh, Becky Lynch, because uh, Oscar and and Lynch were dominating the match the first couple minutes against Billy Kay until Peyton Royce uh, left a cheap shot on uh, Becky Lynch to allow them to uh, focus their double team on her only until Asuka rallied them back in this match. But no, there, there is a positive here now with what we saw last night. Because you know, two weeks ago, you would have saw the Iconics lose this match with how protective they were of Asuka's streak. The fact that uh, even if she she wasn't pinned in a tag team matchup they would have considered it the end of her win streak well now with that ending at Wrestlemania they they can have her team lose a match uh on tv and it not be treated as the biggest deal in the world we saw the uh them uh pull off the victory against uh, Lynch after there was uh, a little bit of miscommunication between Lynch and Oscar that caused Lynch to accidentally knock uh, Oscar down on the ground and uh, the, the iconics did what they typically do cheap shots and uh, cheating to uh, win that's you know that that's how uh, the pretty people the the uh, beautiful Girls that they are typically do it. They always find any uh, underhanded, uh, dirty tactics uh, to win the match. And you no, know, it's a good victory for them in their first uh, match as a tag team. What I'm interested to see. Uh, as they go along here, because it's obvious they're going to be, you know, the mean girls here on uh, SmackDown Live, a la what Alexa Bliss and Mickey James are doing on Monday Night Raw. But uh, what's going to happen uh, fairly soon when the team known as Absolution and Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose debut on SmackDown? You're going to have two heel tag teams uh, on uh, SmackDown Live, just wonder if you know their development is going to get in each other's way, but I was glad that they had them win this match. You couldn't have them lose back-to-back weeks after Billy Kay had lost to Charlotte this week, and it was a great beginning of what, what's going to be a good run for these two as part of the SmackDown Live Women's uh, Division as. Uh, Girls that are, that, as we described them, they're going to be the main girls. They're going to get under a lot of people's skin. They're going to do a lot of dirty tactics uh, to uh, win matches. And it doesn't hurt that uh, they're hot at the same time. So give you a little extra eye candy to see on uh, Tuesday nights every week. We saw the continuation of Naomi being involved in the Usos' rivalry with the Bludgeon Brothers last night as prior to Jimmy's match show with uh, Rowan, Naomi came to their locker room and expressed her, her concern over him facing them and how dangerous it is, especially with them having those mallets out there. He actually specifically asked her not to come out to the ring and and get involved in the match or be ringside due to the fact that he had Jay in his corner. And, the, you know, the, the Jimmy tried to use his high-flying offense to counteract the aggressive side of Rowan, but it, it just as usual, didn't seem to have much of an effect on either one of the Bludgeon Brothers. They had themselves in a situation where they they, uh, look to take out uh, the Usos before they even get to face this Friday afternoon. And just as it looked like they were going to use the mallets on uh, either Jimmy or Jay, that's when Naomi's music went on and she came out doing the The whole lights out, you know, uh, with her costume glowing. Use that as a distraction um, to allow Jimmy to get a schoolboy victory over uh, Rowan. And that's kind of... You figured when the Bludgeon Brothers would eventually lose a match, that would be how it would be. It wouldn't be a clean victory. It'd be one of those sneaky victories where they... Uh, have to use some kind of distraction and y- use some kind of uh, tactic I-, I do like the fact that they 're making some y- use of Jimmy and N- naomi 's relationship on air now everyone everyone 's known for a while that they 're married and now they 're actually acknowledging it, whether it was when they were teaming together in the Mix max challenge or having uh, them involved in this uh storyline uh, on uh TV and allowing Naomi to be there as uh, a distraction to help out her husband but uh the the distraction is is going to you know end here at least for this week due to the fact that she's not going to be in Saudi Arabia just like the other woman they won't be participating in this event on Friday afternoon so, the the Usos are going to be all by themselves going against the uh, Bludgeon Brothers. And, you know, the, I expect the Bludgeon Brothers to walk away with the victory and still be SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. It's just going to be a matter of who steps up next as their next opponents. Will it be Gallows and Anderson? Will it be finally the debut of Sanity on SmackDown Live? Could, Could it be The New Day or could it be uh, The Bar who confronted The New Day backstage uh, last night and said, don't get used to them being on SmackDown Live because they're going uh, to be winning the Raw tag team titles on Friday and heading right back to Raw. But that segment to me... All it did was uh, just build toward a rivalry down the line between the Bar and the New Day. I, I've said this before. I'll say this again: that they're going to have Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt win the Raw Tag Team Titles on Friday. They didn't just put them the two of them together and ha- to have it break apart this quickly, and uh, they wouldn't have sent the Bar. To SmackDown Live just to send them very quickly right back to uh, Monday Night Raw if they really want this stupid superstar shakeup to have any kind of significance. So I, I expect you know the tag team landscape to have a completely different feel to it ne- this time next week when the bar are are on SmackDown Live for good. The Bludgeon Brothers still tag team champions, and we'll see who's going to be the next challenger, who steps up next and potentially faces them at backlash for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship. With the uh, women's division on neither Raw or SmackDown participating in uh, the greatest Royal Rumble event, they had to begin the building up some of their storylines toward Backlash because obviously they're going to participate in that. And yesterday afternoon they announced both the Raw Women's Championship and the SmackDown's Women's Championship will be defended at Backlash. On the SmackDown side of things, it will be Carmella uh, defending the title against Charlotte Flair, Charlotte getting her rematch for the Women's Championship. So last night they had a contract signing to finalize that match for Backlash. And now this segment here was well-timed. It was well-spotted and it, it didn't drag out at all. It fit its purpose on a couple of fronts. You had uh, Renee Young out there introdu- to introduce uh, both women and oversee the contract signing. And just when she was about to introduce Carmella, Carmella snatched the microphone uh, from her, berated her for the fact that she introduced the champion first, uh, saying what contract signing is the champion uh, brought out there first, berated the fans uh, a couple of times, and demanded all the attention on herself while as well uh, uh, repeating her highlight uh, reel of her not just getting the money in the bank briefcase, but uh, cashing in the women's title a, a couple weeks ago and ignoring the fact that she had gotten some help from the iconics to do so, and you know she she's done well as champion so far with instigating problems, um, pulling sneak attacks on on Charlotte Flair and uh, and several other women on the uh, SmackDown uh, live roster. And just been an all around at time annoyance as women 's champion bring, continuing to bring heat upon her, but they didn't allow her to drag it out too long. It made the segment perfect. You had Charlotte come down and was very quick and subtle with uh, attacking uh, Carmella, slamming her face into the table, signing the, uh, and signing the contract and and leaving. And it, as I said, it didn't drag on longer than it had to be. It 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 fit its point for this match, and I'm actually surprised they had this contract signing this week. Usually, they wait till the last week before the pay per view to have the the contract signing. But it it was a perfectly uh, timed, perfectly placed segment. Uh, get put the shine on Carmella while at the same time uh, allowed. Uh, Charlotte Flair to put Carmella in her place, especially after Carmella tried to tell her this "This isn't uh, her uh, kingdom anymore, that it's now Carmella's kingdom. And now, now it should lead to an interesting match between these two at Backlash. We'll see what happens this time when Carmella doesn't have an advantage and she has to face the Queen one-on-one. <laughs> An interesting rivalry is beginning here on SmackDown Live between the Viper Randy Orton and one of SmackDown Live's additions from the Superstar Shake Up, the charismatic Enigma Jeff Hardy. Last week, Randy Orton was coming out to answer Shelton Benjamin's open challenge when Jeff Hardy interrupted as uh, a new addition to the roster and ...faced Shelton Benjamin. Well, this week, Shelton Benjamin uh, made the challenge for a rematch against Jeff Hardy. And as Jeff was coming out to the ring, his music stopped... ...and Randy Orton interrupted him to take the match against Shelton Benjamin. So, a a little bit of tip for tat there. Um, And the funny thing is, each time when the guy... ...either one of them has interrupted the other... They haven't even acknowledged them as they were coming down the rampway. They didn't even look at them one bit. Jeff Hardy staring down Orton last night. Orton acted like Jeff wasn't even there. Just walked right past him, as did uh, Jeff uh, the week before. So Orton uh, took the match against Shelton Benjamin. And now Once again, Benjamin uh, looked pretty good in uh, this match. Uh, Had a couple of uh, moments, including blocking an early RKO and uh, knocking Orton out of the ring using a running knee. And he's looked very much energized since breaking away from Chad Gable and going back to being a singles contender. Competitor, I and mean, he, he's always been good when he's in these tag teams, whether it be back in the day with Charlie Haas as the world's greatest tag team, or uh, at teaming with uh, Chad Gable, the, those teams have always gone over well. But I, I look at his career and you know that you usually get the best out of Shelton Benjamin as a singles competitor, and now he looks like he could be a, a legitimate, you know, staple point. A, uh, standalone figure, I guess you want to say it, uh, in uh, the mid-card ranks here, someone uh, that we can actually take seriously as a singles competitor with the Being able to pull off this upset victory against Randy Orton last night, a lot of that due to some of the outside the ring shenanigans, because you you saw one point when they were outside the ring, Orton looked like he was going to throw Shelton Benjamin at Jeff Hardy, who was sitting ringside, not on commentary, but sitting in a chair next to the table. We've seen that countless times over the years, where uh, someone will do that, uh, throw a, a their opponent at someone who's at commentary during a match just to kind of send them a message. And you know uh, Randy was trying to play some head games there with Jeff Hardy, only for then uh, someone in a mask to come jumping out of the crowd and attack Jeff Hardy from behind to aggravating some sort of knee injury he had. We we come to find out that the guy in the mask was none other than Roz Sunil Singh, who was coming there to attack Jeff Hardy and weaken him a little bit prior to facing Jinder Mahal on Friday in Saudi Arabia. Randy Orton sends uh, Sunil Singh uh, outside the ring uh, uh, after an RKO, l- leading uh, for uh, Shelton Benjamin to get the uh, victory. Uh, over Randy Orton when Orton uh turns around and uh gets hit by uh paydart and w- once again as I said it b- it builds uh Benjamin up as a v- uh, legitimate uh, valuable asset a valuable addition to the United States title picture as long as you know the title remains on SmackDown which personally I hope it does and after. After they have Jeff retain over uh, Mahal, I hope for two things here. One, that uh, they figure out something uh, to do with Mahal on Raw and to build his value back up so that it it doesn't look like he just falls back to where he was before last year's shake-up. And two, now build toward a triple threat match at Backlash because Randy Orton, won uh, the number one contendership before the Superstar Shake-Up to get a rematch for the United States Championship. Jeff Hardy later won the U.S. title over Mahal and brought it back here to SmackDown. But Elton Benjamin had a great showing against Jeff Hardy last week and then beat Indy Orton, who's the number one contender this week. So you can't deny him being part of the picture as well. Now, that, that'd be a very good match to see a potential show stealer at Backlash Jeff Hardy defending the U.S. title against both Shelton Benjamin and Randy Orton. Sign me up for that one. I I look forward to seeing that one at the Prudential Center next week. SmackDown Live closed last night with a very interesting main event. Because after weeks and weeks of sneak attacks and low blows by Shinsuke Nakamura... AJ Styles could not wait till Friday. Wouldn't to get his hands on uh, Nakamura before their match coming up on Friday afternoon. So he got Paige and Shane McMahon to give him Nakamura in a match. Only it was a six-person tag match in which Nakamura would be teaming with Rusev and Aiden English. So, of course, AJ had to go find some partners and... As we speculated last week, the club is back together. That that may be the only group that could ever be broken up on one night of a superstar shakeup, only to be reunited the the next night with the Balor Club breaking up uh, on uh, Monday Night Raw with uh, Anderson and Gallows being sent from Raw to uh, SmackDown in uh, the shakeup only to reunite with AJ Styles, who they had formed uh, a uh, a uh, version of the club a couple of years ago when they first came to WWE after the years they were together as the Bullet Club in Japan. So they teamed with AJ in this six-man tag team matchup to go against Nakamura, Rusev, and uh, Aiden English. And, you no, know, it wasn't really much of a barn burner. There wasn't Anything that left you in awe, left you uh, jumping uh, out of your seat, like, wow, this is an insta-classic on SmackDown. But there were a couple things to notice here. A, I like the fact that they changed Nakamura's theme song, gave it like a remix version of it, had uh, this uh, band come up with a, a, a version where they, they were singing during it, so it could help prevent the fans from uh, singing Nakamura's music as they always do with the whole... Oh, because they're trying to build up Nakamura as one of the biggest heels on the brand. They're trying to draw heat toward him. When you sing the guy's theme song, that's that's not really building him up as a heel, not building him up as someone that you want the fans to have hatred toward. So that that was a, a wise thing here. B, I like that they continue to put Rusev in a prominent spot here. This is what, the second week in a row and uh, feels like the fourth or fifth time in the last month and a half to two months that they've had him in the, the main event. And no, it puts him in the uh, another prominent spot as he builds toward his big match coming up on Friday against The Undertaker in a casket match. So Rusev continues to get attention, continues to be in the mix in uh, big spots here. Of course, you got to deal with the, the the annoyance of Aiden English, while especially when he's singing while holding Styles down on the mat. But it g- gave him uh, a prominent look, didn't have him hidden on the show as he builds up toward probably the biggest match of his career coming up this week. See, I like the fact that the the club is back together. This version of it on uh, SmackDown Live. Hopefully, they have something a little more relevant for Gallows and Anderson on SmackDown when it comes to the tag team division because it, it felt like the last month or two they had kind of grown stale over there. Yeah, they were uh, teaming with Finn Balor in a couple six man tag team matches. They they had formed the group over there, but. Every week it seemed like they were doing nothing but being in uh, tag team matches against The Revival. Now they get to go up uh, against uh, new teams. Of course, at some point they could face The Bar. They could face uh, Sanity when they show up. They got uh, the Bludgeon Brothers there. The the Usos who they haven't faced in a couple of years there. So there's a lot of possibilities with uh, Gallows and and Anderson. They they can... uh, be the backups to AJ Styles when necessary. So hopefully uh, they're used uh, properly over on uh, uh, SmackDown Live. And then you have the continued tension and hatred and lack of respect built between Nakamura and Styles, especially on Nakamura's part, where once again, he delivers a low blow to AJ Styles. The uh, Continuing what's been the trend ever since WrestleMania, and acting like he's oh surprised by his actions, and you you, you, you drew a little more heat on him when the fact that he's setting up for the the Kinsasa to try and uh, deliver a major blow toward Styles just days before their main event at at uh, at the Greatest Rumble event in Saudi Arabia for the WWE Championship. Only for Carl Anderson to come leaping in the ring and take the shot for Styles, and and the true of more heat when Styles is unable to help Anderson, and uh, Nakamura delivers a second Kinshasa to him, just building up the tension. Uh, the, because AJ, in the last several weeks since uh, Nakamura's change in character, since his turn, since his beginning of a lack of respect. Uh, has never been able to get the upper hand on, uh, Nakamura. So now he's got so much built up frustration, whether it be from the low blow at WrestleMania, interfering in his match against Daniel Bryan two weeks ago and, and, uh, uh, ruining what could have been a classic on SmackDown to, uh, delivering a couple of low blows to him last week, uh, uh, On uh, on SmackDown during their tag team matchup against Rusev and in English, to this week, not only uh, delivering the cheap shot again, but to forcing him to watch him laying out one of Styles' best friends in Carl Anderson with two Kinshasas and AJ being unable to do anything about it. I mean, no. We talk about the greatest Rumble match ever coming up with the 50 men in the ring. Talk about the ladder match from Raw for the Intercontinental title or the cage match between Lesnar and and Roman Reigns, but there may be no more anticipated match coming up on Friday afternoon than this match. The tension between these two has built, been built up perfectly. They've been very wise, very smart with how they built up Nakamura's heel turn because it's something that none of us ever saw coming, and he he's played the perfect part Of the villain here. And let's see if it has a payoff. In him becoming the WWE champion on Friday. Only question to be asked then is. Do you have. If Nakamura wins. Do you have the quick rematch at Backlash. Three times in one month. Styles versus Nakamura. I sign up for that. No doubt about it. For Wednesday. April 25th 2018. I'm M3, and this is my opinion. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys once again very soon. Peace out.